It's March 18th, 2021, and once again, you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we're going to introduce a new themed set of podcasts that's similar to the International Series, where where we actually... We're putting a spotlight on architecture around the world, except this is going to be a series of podcasts focused more around architecture as a practice. In particular, we're going to be talking a lot about getting a job in architecture. So over the course of the series, we'll take a closer look at internships because there are some potential pitfalls there, especially if you're a student. We're going to look at a couple of job postings and sort of peel them apart like a little onion to see what they're actually saying versus what actually is being meant. And finally, we'll explore other creative ways that architects that we know have found work. But today, we're going to focus on how to get a job in the field of architecture. And whether you are just starting out in architecture, you already have a job, or have years of experience. The stories and experience that we're going to be sharing today will be relevant to everybody. With that said, we're going to briefly go over our Larry and my own personal job experience and history and architecture to give you a, a reference point of where we are in our careers. And then we'll share the strategies that have been successful in our recent job searches. And we'll end with unexpected places we found job postings that led to interviews. So without further ado, a little bit about us. And I guess that means me first. Me, me, me. So I've been doing this. I, every time I think about how long I've been, been in architecture, I just feel, I don't know, I guess I feel old. I don't know. So I started in architecture. I graduated in August of 97 and two days later started a job. So I, I really, right out of the gate, there was, wasn't any sort of pause time. So my background, I started with a very small firm here in Dallas. They had, I think, about 15 people and went from there to a larger, more commercial firm. They, I think when I started at the time, they had 85 people. When I left, they had 105 or 115. So we were growing really pretty quickly. And then I went from there back to a smaller residential firm. And that was the first, gosh, let's see, 11 years, maybe 10 years of my, of my career in architecture, because in 2008, we started the last firm I was with. And then of course, in 2016, I ventured out onto my own. And so here I am now as, as spotted dog architecture. So that's quite a bit of time actually. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to fathom that I've been doing, <laughs> doing this since, uh, 1997, but here I am and, and still kicking it. And I, I'm sure, Matthew, by the time, maybe by the time you get to my age, you'll start to feel it too, that you'll just be sitting there going, wow, I've been doing this forever. I already feel old with, with the twins around, so I, I don't need any more of that. <laughs> but a little bit about me. Uh, I graduated with my master's in architecture in 2013 into what was still the pretty bad economy of the recession of 2008. Uh, I spent the summer chasing down leads, sending out resumes, and constantly refreshing job boards. But I ended up finding my first job in August of that year and spent my first 
year and change there before I hopped onto a new job in the Deep Elm neighborhood of Dallas. I started there <laughs> severely underqualified for the position, but I filled into that role in a couple of years and in my downtime finished my architecture registration exams to become a licensed architect. I was at this office for six and a half years with the last year uh, being during this pandemic. And now, actually, I just recently put my notice in that I would be leaving my current job and I'm actually starting my new job next week in a residential architecture office in the design in the design district here in Dallas. So right now I'm feeling eminently qualified to talk about job searches today, seeing as I spent the last six months or so on my own personal search in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would definitely qualify you to to really talk about this because my 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 last job search experience, and honestly it wasn't even a search, it just sort of happened was in 2006. So it's been a while for me. But if you are out there looking, there are some strategies that we want to talk to you about when you are looking for a job. You know, what what's what are the things you can do to be successful in finding a job? And and so so what I'm going to share with you seems I don't want to seem flippant because it certainly isn't. And the first thing, especially since the first thing I'm going to say is that if you want to find a job in architecture, have an in somewhere. And I know that doesn't sound like a strategy, but it but it really is because there's no lie that sometimes getting ahead in life isn't necessarily about what you know, but about who you know. And that holds true when you're looking for a job in architecture. Of course, the challenge here is getting in, into a position where you have an in. And one of the best ways to accomplish that really is to find yourself a mentor. If you're in school right now and you're listening to this, reach out to your alumni association and start asking for recommendations for other architects that are already have graduated. Who do they have in their directory that might be a fit for you? Or at the very least, an, an opportunity where you can connect into the industry directly. And then you can, of course, also do the brave thing and just start cold calling offices. And that's something we'll get into in a bit here. But But you can also do that with finding a mentor. I I would be lying if I said architects wouldn't be flattered at being asked to be your mentor. Someone out there will eventually take you up on the offer. But if they do, you have to keep in mind that you have to nurture that relationship. And that relationship could be your in. It could be to the firm that your mentor works for. It could be to someone else's firm that they know. But what you'll have, though, is this person in the profession who's in your corner, and that really helps. And that also applies to anyone starting their career as well. Everyone needs a mentor. And and I will admit, I need a mentor. I do not have one. So feeling a little bit like this is more do as I say, not as I do. But Matthew and I met just after, gosh, it was just after you graduated with your master's, and now it's seven and a half years later, and here we are doing the podcast. And the truth be told in all of this is that in the course of mentoring you, if I could have hired you at my old firm, I would have probably snatched you up in a heartbeat. It would have been that simple. It's like, who do we want to hire? We're going to hire Matthew. But I know that your first job really came around because, you know, the, the, the job you're talking about getting back in, I guess it was 2013, came around because you had what I think of as an in. 
when I was, I, I, I had two or three months of job searching before I finally found my first job. And the way I found it was through a couple friends that I knew from studio who were working there at the time had recommended that I come in. And that then on top of the, on top of knowing people in the office already, the, the team leader who I was interviewing with also happened to be really big into scouts. And I was an Eagle scout. I had, I had done my, done my fair share within the organization and he was uh, he was uh, another like-minded individual who was then able to help make that connection with me based on my background and based on the the people that I'd already known in the office so it did work for me on my first job having an inn somewhere even though it was kind of catty corner to an inn <laughs> but yeah it it it, it worked. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't have to be a direct connection necessarily, but having someone that can sort of open that door for you in that sense really does help. And speaking of opening doors, the other piece of advice I'd have for anyone looking for a job is to not be afraid to walk your resume and portfolio through the door of a company. During the heart of the 2008 recession, we had multiple people come through the office and just walk through the front door and ask if they could speak to someone because they were looking for a job. We weren't hiring, but most of the time I would give them a few minutes just to find out something, you know, find out a little bit about them, what sort of job they're looking for, and then be able to sit down and offer them an idea of, well, okay, maybe have you looked here? Have you looked there? Have you talked to this group? Have you joined this organization? Just to sort of give them a leg up because these guys had the guts to actually get in and approach us directly instead of sending it sending it through an email. And it can be as simple as that. Just walk in and ask to see for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be long, just for a few minutes. Talk with the HR director, assuming the firm's big enough and they have one. Or even just ask to talk to one of the principals. If they're in a hiring mode, they're going to get bombarded with resumes and portfolios. Showing up in person makes you stand out more than a faceless email. You have a chance by doing this to be more than just one of the 1,800 emails. And yes, folks, that is a real number from a company here in Dallas recently. And if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to be more than just one of those 1,800 emails, then this gives them something to sort of sort of lock onto. They're like, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. They came in and, and they came in and talked to us. And I think that's a great way to, to approach finding a job. The other option, of course, is to simply cold call. And I told you we'd get to that here in a minute. In the days of text and email, sometimes you just have to be brave and actually talk with someone. I know, Matthew, when, when you were getting worn out at your first job, when, when you and I were first sort of building our mentoring-mentee, mentor-mentee relationship, you were talking to me about, this just isn't working out and I need to find something else. What do I do? Where do I go? And that was the thing that I actually recommended to you, I think. Yeah, you pretty much just said, make a list of the places you actually want to work at and just start cold calling them. And of course, me being the introverted self that I am on most days, that was a fairly difficult proposition to hear from someone who has your best interests at heart. <laughs> and, 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 and it took some guts, but 
that's what I ended up doing. I made a I made a list. I started cold calling people, and eventually I landed at uh, TKTR, where I've been for the last six and a half years. And it's it, it was surprising how well it, it worked out because. The job that this firm was looking for was actually a project architect position. And while I wasn't quite there, only being a year and a half out of school, it was something that I grew into and was able to expand my knowledge and and really take ownership of the role as it was kind of forming around me because they didn't really have a an idea of what it was going to be. They just knew that they needed somebody. And I came in and severely underqualified, but here I was, I was willing to learn. And surprisingly, the cold call turned into an actual job. So that, that, that that's definitely an unexpected way that things worked out. And speaking of unexpected, that gets us to our last thing that we wanted to talk about, which was the unexpected places that you can find a job because everybody has the obvious places. You have Indeed.com, you've got ZipRecruiter, you've got you've got all these, the AIA job board has all of their postings that you can just look through at any point in time. They're right there at your fingertips. But as Larry said, those job postings are going to get 1,800 emails and and, and you're just going to be another face in the crowd. You're going to get lost. And so we wanted to share maybe some of the more unorthodox methods that we've found that have been successful, especially in my six month job search recently. The one of my the first interviews that I went on was an interview that came off of Instagram because <laughs> Larry had found a, an old colleague of his that was looking to hire someone. And again, this this goes back to yeah, a mentor-mentee relationship is helpful as well. But the, the, the job posting ended up on Instagram rather than anywhere on the web because he didn't want to advertise just straight out in the open. And, and that's a lot of things. And that's, that's, that's another thing. Many of the smaller firms that are looking to hire won't post their job online because it's either too expensive because you have to there, there's a there's a certain upfront fee that you have to pay in order to keep your job on these sites for any length of time. So a lot of smaller companies won't post their job to, to won't have the budget, won't have the the time necessary for it, whatever the case may be. They won't be able to post their job on any of those big searches. But if you can if you can find them on Instagram or, or even just find their individual architect web pages, that's where you'll find it's an unexpected place that you can find a job opportunity. And like I said, I, I got a, my first interview when I was looking was a, a job interview straight off of Instagram. The, the, we, we talked for a little bit over the phone first, and then he called me in for an in-person interview. As it turns out, it just wasn't going to work out. We moved on, but you know what? I would have never thought that <laughs> social media in that respect would play a role in my job searches. I don't think anybody would have expected that. I mean, I, I know I certainly wouldn't have at this stage in, in the game, honestly. But the, but it makes sense because you're right. The the smaller firms aren't going to want to deal with getting a thousand resumes, and they won't want to deal with having to pay for posting a job somewhere. That's not something that's in their budget. It's not something they're going to want to do. So if you're looking, 
you know, look for the unusual places, look for Instagram, look for Facebook, look for Twitter, even I, I would assume that they might post something there as well. The other thing to do to do and, and and Matthew, you mentioned this is to look on company websites, the bigger firms, and even some of the smaller firms actually will post job opportunities and, and job openings. So you can go to the website and, and some of them, you actually can just fill out stuff online. The, the young architecture student I've been kind of mentoring here for the last six months or so, just been talking with him, seeing to what I can do to help him. He actually went on to a website for one of the companies here in Dallas. And of course, it was an online form to fill in all your information, all your resume information. And it was just that simple to do it. Now, in 1997, when I started, <laughs> not not quite as simple. And And Matthew got on to me because I told him what how I found my first job. And I'm going to share this with you. And, and his comment, of course, was, that sounds very analog. And it was very analog indeed. So so my first job ever, the AIA Dallas office used to keep, and, the, and they may still do this, I don't know for certain. And and I, I have a hard time seeing employers going there. But AIA Dallas used to keep a a notebook with all of the resumes for people like you, you could come in and, and put your resume into the notebook. You could actually hole punch your resume and they put it in the notebook and then employers could come and flip through it and see if there was somebody that they were maybe interested in hiring. So when, when this first company was looking to hire someone, they needed a, I guess an intern essentially, who's what I was. They needed to bring someone into the office. That's how I was found. My boss went to the AIA Dallas office and looked in the resume book. And there I was. They contacted me a couple of months later. I was sitting there in their office working. So it, it was one of those really unusual kind of things. And I don't know if there are AIA offices that still do it this way. They might. But for small firms, it's a great way for them to be able to go and, and find qualified candidates without actually having to post something somewhere. So yeah, so there are some some very unexpected places where you can find jobs or unexpected places where you can certainly be found. There are different strategies you can use to get a job, certainly. And hopefully, you will take some of this what we've shared today to heart, because you will at some point be looking for another job. I, my advantage, of course, is that I work for myself, so I haven't had to look for a job in, well, a while now. So <laughs> in, in the last 12 years, I haven't actually had to look for a job for me. So that's been pretty easy. But yeah, when when, when Matthew started telling me he was going to start looking for a job, it was like, okay, all right, sort of kicks into mindset about, okay, what do we do? How do you do? Where are you looking? What are you after? And it all just sort of came back about all this whole experience of actually doing it. So I, th I think it's 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 fun to talk about this because I don't think about this very often. Matthew, you haven't had to think about it for six and a half years. Yeah, I honestly, I think the worst part about this process was updating my portfolio because, you know, I've been with one company for six and a half years. I I, I had a bunch of work that I contributed to at this office and the work that I was proud of and wanted to put in the portfolio. <laughs> Dredging up the old Photoshop files was uh, not fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I went back through 
my I keep a try to keep a running project list of projects I've worked on over time. Anything that I've touched, uh, not necessarily a portfolio, because a bit of a challenge taking pictures from previous firms because it's their property, et cetera, et cetera. But I do keep a, try to keep a running project list of, of past projects, and I realized I hadn't updated that in a while, and went back to do that just just to have, and was like, holy cow, this is a lot of stuff on here. And oh god, I can't believe I, I I'm, I'm, and some of it I'm trying to remember because it's been a while. But I've been slowly putting this list, making sure I'm getting this list updated. And I'm just boggled by how much is there. I can't imagine having to go back and try to put together an entire portfolio. I don't know how I would do it, especially since one of the firms is no longer in business. Yeah, I, I don't envy you having to look for a job. Yeah, but luckily the economy is is really starting to pick up, at least here in North Texas. And hopefully that means a lot more jobs for people that are just graduating in out of into a pandemic. So I think I think things are looking up for the industry as a whole. And with that, I think we're going to call it a day. You can always find us on social media at architecturegeeks.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at archgeekspodcast. And Larry, where can they find you at? Oh, you can find me everywhere. I just can't seem to get away from it. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at spotteddogarch. You can also just reach me directly, Larry, at spotteddogarchitecture.com or catch me on Facebook at spotteddogarchitecture. Thank you guys again for listening. We hope you took away something fantastic from this. We may be changing our podcast schedule a little bit with Matthew starting a new job. We're going to try to maybe have to tweak our our schedule just a bit since he doesn't have won't have as much flexibility or freedom. But we will definitely be back. So hang in there and we will talk with you next time. Bye. Bye.